Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground, alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens! Coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. And thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. It's so good to have you with us here, where we speak truth to power and ourselves. I hope you're holding up out there. My goodness, we've had a big week of uh, political fireworks, and uh, we've had to endure a lot of tragic news uh, regarding weather-related crises across the country. Wildfires uh, in Colorado, where it is reported that three people have died as a result of the fire. People are losing their homes. uh, And losing a house is not just losing the physical structure. It is more than that, and we certainly send out our prayers to all who are affected by it. Um, And I think that we need to do some close examination of what the deniers have long pushed away, and that is the global effect of um, the universe warming beyond what the earth can substantially Um, set up barriers to. Um, And I think that we have taken this lightly, especially in our community. And we need to take another look at our own responsibility to our environment. Uh, I recently was at a meeting where we were talking about environmental justice. And we were not only talking about those things which have to do with the immediate health of children and adults and where they live and the landfills that have created brown um brownville brown 
in the land that we have to occupy. But we also need to talk about noise and the idea that in our society, especially in this country and many parts of um, Europe and uh, Australia and China and Japan, automobiles seem to have more presence in equity in presence than people do. And that is also causing us to be sick, and it is a major environmental, has a major environmental impact. And we need to, to think about that. I also want to send out our best wishes as, uh, to our listeners and to the residents of the East Coast, which have been affected by the wild storms, raging storms. Uh, Thirteen people have been reported to... Uh, have died from the weather-related tragedies that have occurred across the eastern part of the United States. Um, and um, we especially have our well wishes going out to, to all of our, our listeners and all of our brothers and sisters in Maryland, Washington, D.C., uh, parts of Ohio, uh, Virginia, that have been affected uh, by by those storms. I understand that there were many, many people in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area that were without power for nearly 12 hours, and some are still are not back uh, with electrical power. And it really gives us a chance to take pause tonight to tell you that you should be prepared um i uh we have had wonderful weather in new england um it's hot but it's not unbearably hot here um but for the last week and a half up until thursday we had loads of rain and rainstorms um not necessarily windstorms uh but it's been it's been summer weather uh but it hasn't been with the unbearable heat uh, we are expected that we will be in a what they call here heat wave. Anything over eighty eighty five is a heat wave in 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 new in some parts of New England. But it's been uh, very pleasant. So take care to make sure that you are prepared. That you have candles. That you have water. Things to carry you for twelve to twenty four thirty six hours uh, in your homes all the time especially if you have children. Uh, we we do have a, um, a cabinet that's filled with things like power bars and uh, snacks and raisins, dried fruit, chips, uh, water that can be used um, uh, for cleaning, for personal hygiene, and also water for drinking that we store, that we don't touch, that we have, just to ensure uh, that if there is some kind of crisis that we'll be able to manage for up to four or five days. Um, it, it's really important. And one of the things that people don't think about is to buy a trash can, a kitchen-sized trash can. I mean, this is something smart that we do. Yeah, we can get smart sometimes. 
and fill it with water. Uh, make sure that there is a cover on it, and leave that water for 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 bathing or for whatever kinds of um, crisis might come up that requires water. Um, we 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 just keep keep it in the basement. And for those of you down in Florida who uh, don't have basements, then you keep it in the garage. The other is, and this is really really important, um, is that. For people who have garage doors make sure that are powered electrically, make sure that your manual controls are in good working order. Um, we had an incident when we lived in Florida where the manual control had not been oiled well well and doing a power outage uh we had a really, really difficult time, a crisis, in trying to open up uh, the garage door. So um, we do send out our best wishes to those who are struggling with these weather-related uh, tragedies and crises. Hey, how about Reverend Johnson last week? Uh, I want to thank him and hope he's joining us. Uh, he's still teaching out on the West Coast this week. Um, but I want to thank him so very much. Uh, for joining us last week. If you did not hear the show, uh, it was Black Church on Fire last Saturday here at Our Common Ground, and it was a, it was just a very good show. You know, sometimes you come up to these shows and you have specific uh, goals and objectives that you have for your audience, and it doesn't necessarily work out the way that you had produced or planned a show. And we have some wonderful guests. If you're new to Our Common Ground, you can come to, to uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG, and you can listen in on demand to many of, uh, to all of our radio broadcasts uh, for the last two and a half years that we've been at Blog Talk Radio. And also, if you are a fan and you ha and you want to rehear a broadcast uh for our US Talk Network uh programming you can go to pod uh beanpod uh dot com and look for our common ground and you'll find those shows, 2008, 2009 shows from U.S. Talk Network. Thanks for being with us here tonight. I'm doing okay. I I, I don't know how many of you uh, get into the kind of thing that we sometimes get into, and you get into bad eating habits, you get into bad diets, you, you get into, you gain weight, and you have health problems, and um, I'm just announcing and letting you know that I'm on a health kick uh, for the rest of my life, but I think I'm assured that it'll, it'll run through the summer, and that is that I'm doing a lot of juicing, and I'm looking to to lose about 20, 25 pounds um, to, to, to boost uh, my level of well-being and, and health. 
Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm getting, uh, you know, the saying of getting healthy and wise. Maybe I got wise and that's why I'm getting healthy. But I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm making it up. And uh, our host at TruthWorks Network, uh, Alpha, is my health partner on this journey. And we're making lots of smoothies with fresh, organic fruits and vegetables and nuts. And uh, I added wheat, wheat grass and whey protein powder uh, to mine. So we're juicing up a storm um, in in this house and... I'm checking in with Alpho, and maybe he'll call in uh, during open mic and talk about some of the recipes that he's uh, concocted, uh, health recipes for his smoothies and for his juicing. So that's what's going on with me, and if you want to join us, maybe uh, each Saturday night we can spend a few minutes uh, talking about this. I want to let you know that next week we're going to have two or three uh, bloggers um, from our community, join us to talk about uh, some of the pieces that they have been talking about. But tonight, it is open mic night. and Let me make some suggestions about how you want to handle this. This is the night where you can call us at 347-838-9852 at Our Common Ground and get in on the conversation. Um, there is... Um, uh, reporting that President Obama uh, has um, acknowledged that he is having some campaign uh, fundraising problems and projecting that he is, well, we all knew that he was going to be outspent, and uh, he has already been with, thanks to the Koch brothers and Alec, he has already been outspent. S-P-I-N-N-E-D. And if you want to talk about that, you can feel free to call us at 347-838-9852. There are lots of things on that caught my attention. One of those was that in the Sandusky case, the intense cover-up taken on by the University of Pennsylvania, some of their officials within their athletic department, in their alumni um, organization to cover up the most egregious kind of crime that there is, and that is crime against children. So that's on, I'm, I'm putting that out on the table tonight. And the issue of um, thousands of people are calling the Congress uh, to attend to the issue of student debt. And if that's something that concerns you, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, 347-838-9852 is our number. And, of course, you know that we're going to get to Fast and Furious. The uh, Congress has, the House has voted to hold the U.S. Attorney General, Eric Holder, in contempt of Congress. You know, it's really interesting how they're saying, oh, this is the worst thing that ever happened, that can ever happen to an official. He'll be dishonored. He'll be ashamed. I don't think so. Call us and tell us what you think about Fast and Furious, Daryl, Issa, and his committee and how they have behaved uh, this week. I have never, I I really uh, did not anticipate 
how publicly evil, devious, and mean-spirited, how vulgar they behaved uh, in questioning the Attorney General. Our number is 347-838-9852. And then there is this other thing. Did did you – I don't know if you followed the story about Joe Williams making derogatory uh, comments on the air. Joe Williams is a contributor, uh, is a reporter for a commentary, commentator for Politico. Uh, and there was a big to-do week before last when he was suspended uh, for comments that he made about Mitt Romney. And it was interesting because the comments were true, and I couldn't understand why Politico was uh, suspending him for this. Because you know what? They um, have not, um, if they were the right-wing media, he would be doing the job. But Politico hasn't decided who it wants to be when it grows up, So it has denounced the notion that it is a progressive media outlet. Well, come to find out on yesterday, Joe Williams was fired for his comments about Mitt Romney on the air. Uh, And if you want to be pissed on media, I think this is something that you might want to consider. Uh, Something else that that caught my eye that was kind of curious was the Wall Street trader out in Arizona, Michael Marin, um, sitting in a courthouse in um, Phoenix, Arizona, found guilty of plotting to burn down his house to get rid of his mortgage debt you know, this is another case of, um, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, this is another case of uh, burn down the house to build up the bank or the insurance company. Well, he sat in the courthouse and took a pill and committed suicide in the presence of the judge, his lawyer, his family, and the prosecutor. He died. He committed suicide in public. If you have a comment about that, our number is 347-838-9852. There is something else that uh, you might be able to um, um, comment and think about. I don't know. We don't spend a lot of time thinking about these kinds of things. But it's open mic night at Our Common Ground. And... um, What do you think about the idea that white people are joining historically black Greek sororities and fraternities? And I hope you're ready for this one. Men, a group of men in Atlanta, Georgia, is suing Alpha Kappa Alpha, which is a traditionally black women's sorority for membership. What do you think about that? It's open mic night, Saturday night 
at Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852, and we want to hear from you. We're going to get this party started, and we're going to start off with a little bit of getting you to think about it. What's up, my niggas? I said, what's up, my niggas? That was a trick question. And it's nice to see that the tricky ones haven't tricked most of y'all into the answer. You see, niggas been passed through our families, generation to generation like cancer. It used to be said by slave masters who weren't in the business of breeding no dancing niggas. They only wanted good old field niggas. But I wonder how the field nigga would feel if he was sitting next to me on the A-train at approximately 3 o'clock any day of the week and he heard his little great-great-grandson speak dozens if not hundreds of times from 59th Street to West 4th, the word that made black families pack up in the south and move north. Would he slam, would he slam a couple of these boys against the doors and ask, What's the deal, nigga? Do you think you're keeping it real, nigga? Do you know how I was killed, nigga? They murdered me with hot rods of steel, nigga. Now how do you think this makes me feel, nigga? Or would he just sit there and listen silently like white people do? Silently like I do. Silently like we all do. So what do I do? I go down to Wall Street. Do you know why they call it Wall Street? Because centuries ago there were these huge high walls and down on the street slaves with shackles on their feet were going to be bought and sold by the fleet like shares of intel. Phrases shouted daily like, where's my niggers? There's my niggers. Whose niggers are those? Now here we are centuries after slavery, insulting our ancestors' bravery by shouting phrases daily like, where's my nigga? What up, nigga? You know you my nigga, right? So don't blame the boys on the A-train. Blame the men who put the myth it was okay to say it in their brain. Blame the kings of comedy, the old-time nigga record holders. Put the blame on the huge brother, the Quentin Tarantino shoulders. And hopefully this nigga, nigga, nigga poem is making you uncomfortable to the point where you're cracking your neck and staring down at the ground, looking to your left and your right. See the white people around helping you realize that you've been bamboozled if you think you have to wear blackface to be a clown. But I gotta go now. I gotta go now. I gotta go now. I gotta get this poem in the hands of the artist for me known as Prince now. Because when it comes to talent, ain't nobody's bigger. And maybe this poem could be the gun and his voice could be the trigger. And we could collaborate and figure a way to convince Jigger to help us write a new dream song, our new theme song, and call it the people formerly known as niggas. You don't get up and try to do something. God is not going to put it in your lap. There's no need of running and no need of saying, Honey, I'm not going to get in the mess. Because if you are born in America with a black face, you are born in the mess. Truth, Good to see you all. Let's check in the chat room. We've got 
some guests. Dr. Deborah is in the house. Dr. D, how you been? And Alpha, of course. I mean, you know, one of the things that I love about black people, some black people, uh, is this whole notion of loyalty. You got it going on when somebody is loyal to you. And that Alpha, I tell you, he's a loyal man. I know sometimes his ears are bleeding. Not only can I convince him to drink and make make and drink smoothies and and eat fresh vegetables and and fresh fruit instead of having a deep-fried Philly steak. That alpha is a loyal man. And Cajun44, thank you for being with us. And our guest, uh, 3875, is with us. If you'd like to join us in our chat room, you can do so by coming to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash, that's to the right, the slash to the right, OCG, and that's how you can join. People who are listening to the broadcast and also chatting with each other about what we are talking about. Now, one of the things I mentioned earlier is this whole fast and furious hypocrisy. Um, I think that one of the things that this, we can call it imbroglio, may just have gone a little bit sideways on House Republicans. Just prior to them leading the House vote for contempt against Attorney General Eric Holder on Thursday, Fortune magazine published an investigative piece which poked major holes in the conservative storyline about this alleged gun operation. The claims were that law enforcement engaged in a deadly plot to let Mexican outlaws smuggle U.S. guns. The article indicated that um, th- that this uh, plot was based on allegations by a lone whistleblower who may in fact be the only person who did any illegal gun smuggling. And the real cause of violence and crimes um, on south of the border is lax gun laws in Arizona. Now, you might ask yourself, okay, we've gone through uh, probably around eight months of some crazy, crazy allegations being brought by the House Government Oversight Committee, which suspects that the White which it says, well, let's say the committee doesn't say, but Representative Daryl Issa, of Cal- the Republican from California, who's the chair of the of the committee, he somehow says that he suspects the White House of involvement in the affair, and he has demanded the administration turn over scores of internal communications. The White House has acknowledged that mistakes were made and turned over more than 7,600 pages of documents related to the case. Now, keep in mind that um, the president last week invoked executive privilege to keep the documents confidential. And this uh, pit bull 
Republican pit bull Daryl Issa responded by pursuing the contempt of Congress vote against Holder. Now, this is the first time ever against a sitting attorney general on the notion that the that the Department of Justice screwed up on his watch. It really amounted to that the Republican senators are whipping up the country into a psychotic frenzy with reports which are patently untrue. Now, speaking of fast and furious, let's fast and furious whip back the members behind this holder contempt vote received lots of campaign cash from the National Rifle uh, Association because they are touting the idea that this was all ginned up, that this smuggling operation was created to bring the weight of the public's response on this on gun smuggling to somehow change the second amendment. I don't know how they got this. But one of the things that we have to do is we have to drill down and try to figure out what is really happening here. So what I've brought to you today are two items that might help you answer that question. If you have notions of your own, our number is 347-838-9852. But here are two places where Eric Holder, the U.S. Attorney General, has pissed off, one, the Republican Congress, who wants to pin on him that his blackness somehow overrides his judgment as the U.S. Attorney General, simply because he has he he is one person who has been in the Department of Justice for a long time and has been a proponent of gun control. Two, because he spoke out and sent an investigative team on the Trayvon Martin case. Three is because the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division has aggressively and steadily gone after the laws which govern voting rights in this country. So they are so the Justice Department's operation out of the Civil Rights Division of taking all of these states back to court for violation of the Equal Rights Amendment, Equal Voting Rights Act, and the amendments which require the states if they have a history of voter suppression against protected groups, that they have to seek approval prior to changing any voting rights laws. The other part of this, Fast and Furious is only a tiny, minuscule, tiny, tiny, tiny bit of why they are doing this. Some people are saying, well, they want to embarrass the president. Yeah, that's part of it as well. They want to put gun control in the midst of the 2012 election. 
so that the crazies in this country that are ruled and educated by the NRA will have their frenzy, and they can get people to the polls. That is what this, the basis of what this is all about. So I brought this, I want you to hear this very short clip about two things. One is what Eric Holder had to say in his, in the hearing for his nomination to United States uh, Attorney General. The other is another hearing where the whole issue of who is Eric Holder and is he too black? Here we go. Here's the the hearing from the nomination. President Barack Obama seems intent on dispelling any notion that he plans to govern from the middle if his selection of Eric Holder for U.S. Attorney General is any indication. Hi, I'm John Faleco with Gun Owners of America with this report from Capitol Hill. It's hard to imagine an Attorney General who would be more hostile to the Second Amendment than Eric Holder. Holder served as Deputy Attorney General from 1997 to 2001. He supported a three-day waiting period for handgun purchases, licensing and registration of all gun owners, and using the force of government to drive the firearms industry into bankruptcy through a series of frivolous lawsuits. He also recently signed a brief before the Supreme Court arguing in favor of the D.C. gun ban, a brief that also argued that the Second Amendment does not protect an individual's right to own a gun. Last week, the Senate Judiciary Committee held confirmation hearings. Gun Owners of America was invited to testify in opposition to Holder, but at the last minute was disinvited. While the committee may try to silence our voice, they cannot silence yours. In fact, pressure from gun owners has already helped slow down the momentum to confirm Holder. So far, over a dozen Obama nominees have been confirmed by the Senate, but concerns over Holder's positions on issues like gun control have delayed a vote on his confirmation. The selection by President Obama of Eric Holder for Attorney General is a cynical slap in the face to law-abiding gun owners. GOA has notified every senator of our objections and also that we will score the Holder vote in our next congressional rating. We have also contacted our members, asking them to urge their senators to vote no on Eric Holder. We hope you will add your voice to ours. You can send your own senators a pre-written message by visiting gunowners.org. Well, now you hear that that, this is not new. This attack on Eric Holder is not new from the NRA. They have been at this and been at this, and now they have organized strategically around the issue of gun control being a centerpiece of what's going to happen in electoral politics from now until November. Now, here is another congressional hearing where the Congress called Eric Holder up to the Hill to answer the issues about the new Black Panther Party, all two of them, in Philadelphia. I would hope that this committee will pursue in, in, uh, in greater detail and more depth, and perhaps, Mr. Chairman, in a, in a separate hearing, 
these very, very serious allegations of a pattern of behavior in the Department of Justice, sworn testimony that indicates there's a pattern of behavior of refusing to enforce the laws in a racially neutral manner, ignoring the in voter intimidation in Pima County, Arizona, ignoring voter imitation in Philadelphia, uh, the Ike Brown case where attorneys in the department were harassed. So we've got sworn testimony. And the reason it's relevant, if I could, in conclusion, uh, Mr. Chairman, point out that the uh, Department of Justice is asking for an $145 million increase in the Civil Rights Division uh, funding uh, for this year, Mr. Chairman, and that includes funding for 815 staff positions. That's a 14% increase in manpower and an 18% boost in spending. I want to make sure American taxpayers are getting their money's worth, Mr. Chairman, that that money's being spent in pursuit of cases in an absolutely blind and racially neutral manner. No matter who it is, if they're intimidating voters, if the voter registration rules, that's another question, Mr. Chairman, Section 8 of the National Voter Registration Act, we've got sworn allegations that it's not being enforced. Uh, states are being allowed to keep garbage lists, and the DOJ is charged with cleaning up those lists. I think it's worth very careful inquiry, Mr. Chairman, to determine whether or not these out. Mr. Fatah says it's false. We've got sworn testimony. It's true. We need to pursue that in great detail. Well, if I could, there are just a couple of things. Um, first, the people in the Black Panthers did not admit the guilt. They did not appear, and a default judgment was entered against them. But they did a, not contest liability. Right, but you said admit. That's an affirmative action. Oh, but they but did not whatever. contest it. Um, I think that the quote that you read from that gentleman, that this was the greatest affront in the history. That he ever seen. I mean, that... Personal uh, opinion. But I mean, think about that. When you compare what people endured in the South in the 60s to try to get the right to vote for African Americans and to compare what people were subjected to there to what happened in Philadelphia, which is inappropriate, it's certainly that, but to call that, to, to put it, describe it in, in, in those terms, I think does a great disservice to people who put their lives on the line, who risked all for for my people, my wife's sister, integrated the University of Alabama. When George Wallace stood in the door and said that she, as a state resident, could not attend the University of Alabama, Vivian Malone, who I'm proud to say was my sister-in-law, to, to compare that kind of courage, that kind of action, and to say that the Black Panther incident, wrong though it might be, somehow is greater in magnitude or is of greater concern to us historically, um, I, I think just flies in the face of history and, and, and in the facts. And I just want to assure again the American people that the allegations that somehow, some way, this Justice Department does things on the basis of race is simply false. It is simply false. Anybody who makes that contention is not telling the truth, is not familiar with the facts, or has a political agenda. It is simply not true. Well, there you have it. That's the Attorney General back in uh, October who is having to defend the Civil Rights Division, which this Congress, this House, has been after uh, since he took, since he was appointed, uh, Eric Holder is not having a bad week. America is having a bad week. This whole notion 
of Fast and Furious, the gist of the story, the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives have been charged with the task of stopping guns from being trafficked from the United States into Mexico. This committee has no evidence, as was admitted to by the Pitbull Chair, Daryl Issa from California, that they have no evidence that this administration was in any way involved. There is evidence, however, that this administration under Eric Holder did stop the operation Fast and Furious, which was renamed from a previous and same operation in the Bush administration. It changed names three times. And why did it change names three times? So that the Oversight and Government Reform Committee could not hold the Bush Department of Justice accountable for what was going on. Who remembers Ollie North? Who remembers Ali North? I'm seeing that people, that uh, Dr. D is having some problems uh, getting sound. Uh, One of the things that we suggest is to close out the browser, remove the cookies, and make sure that your speakers uh, are, when cookies, continue to conflict with each other. Every day there is a new cookie that's sent out from sites. That's the technical part of it. Uh, And if you have 250 cookies from Blog Talk Radio, they're fighting with each other. So one of the things that you need to do is to clear your cookies, not your history, clear your cookies out of your windows or whatever operating system you're using, and then try to connect. I'm not sure how that's related to a sound problem, but it may help. Um, the other is for those of you who uh, are are listening uh, that Blog Talk Radio builds its um, system on, an in, on the Internet Explorer, the the Microsoft Microsoft Internet Explorer platform, and sometimes there is uh, a problem with that. Um, But keep trying. This is open mic night, Saturday night at Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. We've been talking about uh, Eric Holder and a number of things, Fast and Furious, uh want to get you know your want to have you call and give us a, your impression about what happened in that hearing what happened uh and the nature of this contempt again my my is my position has been that we all knew that this congress has contempt for Eric Holder because it is one of the most active civil rights divisions that we have seen since the days of Jimmy Carter. Uh, 
the other thing we're looking at is what are you thinking about in terms of your choices for the November election, the presidential election, and also not only the national election of a president, but also of people who will come back to Congress. There are many Republicans and Democrats who are up for re-election and how the president's campaign is going to affect that. And, of course, the president um, was trying to raise, uh, I think, um, $6 million uh, this weekend uh, from people like you and me. And whether or not you're going to be uh, making a donation toward the effort to remove uh, the obstructionist from our Congress. Uh, and uh, student debt, how negligent can a government be when we are talking about educating our children? And th- there was another story, by the way, that caught, my, that caught my eye. You might not have seen it. And it's about the National Governors Association, which is pretty much uh, a Republican organization, Um most of the leadership. But the National Governors Association um, is taking money from educational education profiteers and it's siding with predatory schools. Um, many of the uh, for-profit college colleges, part of a big industry now, contain schools that scam students and taxpayers. And these large for-profit schools like Kaplan, DeVry, Bridgepoint, and the University of Phoenix spend big lobbying dollars with the federal government and provide big dollars for campaign contributions. And in return, the government shovels about $32 billion a year into the for-profit college industry by way of um, student loans and grants. And these schools... By the reports, the evidence shows that these schools are producing terrible results, leaving a large portion of their students in tremendous debt with few job opportunities. And yet, thanks to, we just have to call it how it is, thanks to the corruption of our political system by big money, it continues to go on want to hear your your thoughts about that our number is 347-838-9852 and we're going to take a break and when we come back we hope that you will call 347-838-9852 politico fire joe williams what do you think about that and um you know this is a, a most awkward election um And many of us, very early now, uh, have been suffering from election fatigue in the last couple of weeks and struggling to decide just how in the hell do you feel about this. Well, we're having open mic Saturday night at our common ground to find out. Um, You know, our complaints with regard to President Obama are numerous. Gitmo is still open, NDAA, we're still in Afghanistan, no big infrastructure projects, no public options to name a few. 
uh, and it seems that the president is leaning to toward cutting Social Security and Medicare, albeit not as severe as a Paul Ryan, which is something I strongly disagree with. If we cut anything, it should be the billions we spend on Afghanistan and the trillions we slosh into the Pentagon. That said, I still have a hard time listening to all the -the over-the-top rhetoric coming not just from Republicans, but also so-called liberal media pundits. Uh, This week I have tired of hearing about the dismal jobs report. You know what? Net jobs were created. During the last few months of George W. Bush's presidency, hundreds of thousands of jobs were being lost. Jobs have been created under President Obama month after month for over two years now. But to hear Republicans tell it, Obama is a job killer and his record on the economy is dismal. Are we buying it? I want to know, are you buying it? My number is 347-838-9852. What did you do for Black History Music Month? Uh, We did, uh, at TruthWorks Network, uh, our sister network, we did a tribute to the blues in America, and I really enjoyed that. Didn't have very many people come in and join with us. The other is if you want to comment on any of our programming this month, we had Suzanne Brooks uh, on week before last talking about the constructive extermination of women of color. Last week we were talking about the prosperity gospel movement in the black church with Reverend uh, Johnson, Matthew Johnson uh, of Atlanta. We also talked earlier about the weather situation and whether or not we're paying enough attention about the rhetoric and the conceptualization of understanding global warming and our responsibilities to the environment and the issue of environmental justice. Um, and you can call in to us and, um, oh, there was another thing that happened on, on June 25th, and that is that the Supreme Court uh, knocked down any provision that allows mandatory minimum sentencing for life for youth, juveniles. Remember that movie where the, the guy kept saying, the youth? the youth, and the judge didn't understand what he was saying, well, you know, sometimes. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you at 347-838-9852. Share your uh, hot topics. What's your what's the hot spots for you for the week? We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking at these and other issues that you might want to bring to to us. I would stand amidst the fists on the battlefield among an army of red and an army of blue, and I'll stand tall and true as I ask you, what are you fighting for? This four-foot-by-four-foot concrete block you're arguing for and bartering for is merely a prison without bars that still manages to arrest you by confining your mind, and you allow this corner to define you, and now you're redefining yourself by calling yourself a street corner entrepreneur. And I ask you, what? are you fighting for? 
You see, now you're standing on corners I used to call my own corners I once considered a safe zone. And now I'm too afraid to let my mother walk to the store alone because these streets, they're covered with cowardly fake gangsters and I'm angered at the nonsense. That rag on your head is somehow keeping knowledge from seeping into your brain. Don't you see that you're dying for nothing rather than living for something? You're self-destructing and just fucking your own self over. And I ask you, what are you fighting for? You're waging wars over something that never was and never will be yours because owning the streets is just a fictitious concept that gets misused by hip-hop dudes trying to pass themselves off as reincarnated gangsters. So, contrary to popular belief, no matter how deep your gang is or how much money you'll think you'll make from crack rocks, the only concrete blocks you'll ever own are the ones that come with steel bars or the ones we call tombstones. So I guess the only... So I guess the only decision left for you to choose is whether the fabric in your casket should be red or blue. And I ask you, what are you dying for? We invite you to join us on TruthWorks Network, Monday nights, Global... Monday nights with Peter E. Matthews and the Global Village Voices. Wednesday nights, Architects of Change with Elvin Dowling and Friends. They're all 9 p.m. And then Thursday and Friday, 10 p.m., enter the Lion's Den with LDX and Information Man. And for the best political pushback talk on the Internet, The Alpha Show. 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm Janice Graham, saying if you want to be a truth seeker, you have got to be a part of TruthWorks Network, where truth is spoken more than once.
Underneath everything we are, underneath everything we do, we are all people, connected, interdependent, united. And when we reach out a hand to one, we can influence the condition of all. That's what it means to live united.
uh, he, I, I am the person that he now stretches his little arms out uh, to go to. Uh, my daughter said to me uh, yesterday, Mom, you're going to have a real problem because he's going to be connected to you at the hip in the same way that Miles, who is now 10, is connected. But they, but, but it's a wonderful thing, and I think that uh, one of the things I like to do at Our Common Ground is just bring it down a notch, you know, the nonsense that we have to hear and the effect that it has on us. We have to process and synthesize so much junk, you know, the uh, ra- the racist, hateful attacks on our president, no matter how much we like him, don't like him, we disagree with him, we don't disagree with him. We have claimed our place in this country. And in that claiming, we claim some of the things for which everyone feels is important. And the presidency has been one of those things. And to see these attacks, to be the witness of what we have always suspected, but in our lifetime, well, not in my lifetime, but in most young people's lifetime, they have not had to to, to witness. I witnessed the dogs and the hoses. I witnessed the lynching. I don't know how many of you have witnessed feel that you are witnesses, but you are witnesses if you're anywhere around 40 years old, 40 on, and we're not going to talk about 40 what. But when we see, when we see the evidence of what we've always known, Thank you for being with us. Uh, our number is 347-838-9852. And if you want to be a witness, that's the number to call, 347-838-9852. Um, I mentioned this Governors Association, National Governors Association, because it really is a Republican organization. Uh, always has been, uh, always will be run by Republicans because it was their way of organizing and strategizing. And one of the questions I'm sure all of you, as you have witnessed what has happened this week, as you have witnessed over the last three years, the bitter pill that we have had to swallow, what what does it do to us as a people? You know, in the in the we... I am uh, a witness uh, for many years. In the summer of 64, student activists from the Congress of Racial Equality Corps, many of you may be familiar with that organization, went to Gadsden County, Florida, in an effort to convert this old plantation county in the heart of the Florida panhandle into its uh, bastion 
of Corps' Southern Civil Rights Crusade. And before the summer had ended, the students would be bombed, beaten, and arrested by white authorities and vigilantes. But despite that, Corps activists helped over 3,500 local residents register to vote and take part in the 1964 presidential campaign. I remember so well seeing models for my own work as an activist in two people, Linda and Jewel Dixie. They were two young African Americans who were from the from from the uh, county seat of Quincy, Florida. And they assumed leadership roles in that struggle. And they went from competing for high school homecoming queen to leading lunch counter sit-ins. And in September um, of that same year, Jewel Dixie became the first African-American to run for the post of Gadsden County Sheriff in the 20th century. It was in 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 Richard Kluger's. I don't know if you have read Richard Kluger's book, In Simple Justice, which he writes about the era before Brown versus Board of Education. He wrote that the black masses were still ignorant of their rights for the most part. Worse, those who were not were also the ones most likely to be better off economically and educationally, and therefore the ones least inclined to rock the boat, to risk financial reprisal, and perhaps violence by the white community during that time. There were different there were different things that went on in Gaston County. Linda and Jewel Dixie's father, A.I. Dixie, was was a day laborer on Gaston County tobacco plantations in the 1930s, and he tried to organize fellow workers in a struggle against brutal working conditions. When that effort collapsed in 1936, he engaged in armed self-defense to prevent white overseers from flogging him. And in the summer of 64, the elder Dixie, who was by that time age 51, and he was employed as a packing house worker, hosted two of the white core student activists at his residence. He provided transportation for the voter registration campaign and shadowed his daughter Linda the day she led the first church, the first lunch counter sit-in in Gadsden to ensure that no physical harm would befall her as an activist. It is very difficult to separate the youthful activism of Linda and Jewel Dixie from their father's lifelong fight for social justice. Walter White, who was the executive secretary of the NAACP, witnessed a case of Quincy's black political activism 
1920. He recalled that African Americans in Quincy repeatedly from at least World War I tried to vote and form political organizations. Waged outside of the purview of sympathetic media, those campaigns were ultimately crushed by white violence. Black resistance to racism did not start in the civil rights movement. It started way before the civil rights movement. And my and one of the reasons that I want wanted to bring that story to you because Gladstone County is not far from where Trayvon Martin, Quincy, Florida, not far from Sanford, Florida, but Trayvon and A.I. Dixie are years apart in age. A.I. Dixie was the grandson of slaves. And so you see there is a pattern of intergenerational struggle of which we are all a part. And I'm wondering if and when we will be able to stop fighting the vestiges of slavery. We have had to struggle against segregated transportation. We have had to rethink the civil rights movement in a way that brings historical significance of the resistance against all forms of oppression in our society. Our number is 347-838-9852. We're going to go to our phones. 610, thank you for calling. You're on the air. I respect you. You're on our common ground. Uh, this is our Brother Brock. Hello and good evening. Brother to Brock you from Philadelphia, PA. Yes, it is. I'm just uh, getting situated here. So since I was not in front of the computer, I'm uh, still making my way home to get rid of these tools. So if I can listen in the background and then maybe call once I'm finally situated, I like to, but I can listen in to the good uh, information you give us. Thank you, Brother Brock. I'll put you on hold, and we look forward to having you join us once you get home. Our number is 347-838-9852. Where are you? Are you pissed on politics? And, uh, you know, I, I hate to bring up in the midst of all of this, the notion of um, electoral politics. But we have to make the connection. We really have to make the connection. We have to think about how we have limped our way. 
And I'm wondering, I'm really wondering why there aren't more of us in the street. I mean, you can you can go on all ten fingers and count the ways in which we ought to be angry, not just as black people, but as citizens of this republic. You know, why are we out in the street demanding, protesting, resisting, agitating? Because I don't know who Republicans think they're fooling. And I had a colleague who said to me, and I think I, I mentioned this to Reverend Johnson when he was with us last week, that it was the first time in a career well over 30 years, a professional career well over 30 years, and I've seen a lot and I've got a lot of stripes on my back, that I lost my cool in a professional setting. And the professional setting was um, standing outside the building on the sidewalk uh, coming back from getting coffee. That was a professional setting. I wasn't in a meeting or anything. And um, this man, colleague, who I have all had a standing respect for, said in a discussion, and I can't even remember what the discussion was about, that we only get things in this country when there is a Republican administration. And my first response to him was, well, you have to really think through the manipulation of what you just said, and even if that is a fact, how it happens. And that is that Republicans, when they're out of office, are budget and deficit centered, but when they're in office, they spin like crazy monkeys. So here we are standing in front of the media Monica that is saying to us that President Obama's policies are not working and only Romney can fix the economy. I don't know who they are fooling. They're hoping that if you repeat that lie often enough, everyone will think it's true. That things have, I mean, that things have gotten much better than even the last nine months of the previous administration. The stock market is way up. Corporate pro- corporate profits are through the roof. And before President Obama took office, hundreds of thousands of jobs were being lost every month. Now jobs are being created. Yes, we need rural internetification of America, just like we had rural electrification in the 1930s and 1940s. Instead, all Republicans care about is trying to take down the economy all while trying to pin the blame on President Obama. And we are falling for the knick-knack. We are falling for the knick-knack. But the other question is, 
what price do we pay for holding on to the rage we feel? We're going to go to our phone. 773, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Candace, good evening, and how are you this evening? Good evening, Alpha. How are you? This is my diet buddy. Everybody hold on. Yeah, okay, well, before you say anything, I want to know, what you make in your smoothie today? Well, I threw some celery and some baby spinach and some uh, bell peppers and pineapple and ice and strawberries, and, and that was about it. Wow, you are just the man, the healthy man, Alpha. Yeah, you then I ate then I ate about six Klondike bars, okay? <laughs> you feel you feel you had earned those Klondike bars with all that baby spinach, huh? <laughs> well, I was just figuring I would get the nutrients and the uh, vitamins and stuff, the, the healthy stuff in me too, you know. I got you. I got you. How, how you how you doing with all that hot weather in Chicago? I I uh, I handle it with Waco. Uh, I use the Waco method, and for those who don't know what W A C O means, it means we ain't coming out, and that's how I do. <laughs> we ain't coming out. You can get as hot as you want. For those of you who are listening and with us tonight, this is Alpha of the Alpha Show, which can be heard on Friday nights at 10 p.m. at TruthWorks Network. Alpha, what's on your mind tonight? What's the hot spot? I don't know if you really want to hear this, but let me put it like this. You played the the contentious nomination hearings, and the accusations started before he had even been confirmed for his nomination. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Questions were raised, and he was put back on his heels in a defensive posture, and then he came into the office once he did get nominated, and he became the melancholy, quiet, uh, unaggressive, because they had already uh, gotten out in front of that, fast forward to the gun walking. This guy uh, that uh, was mentioned in the Fortune article, uh, John Dobson, Uh he came to... CBS with and he you know it's it's like a boxing match who gets off first when you get off first the other person must respond to what you're doing and this is where this is the position that this Obama administration has been in since he's come into office because he wants to be nice with people who hate him he wants to have the olive branch and Eric Holder did the same thing it was, wasn't it Nancy Pelosi that said impeachment was off the table? Then yes. when they're doing this to Eric Holder, she's going, well, I could have had Carl Rove arrested, but you didn't. And once you fall into that pattern of appeasement and the capitulation, they know you have no backbone. And so they push you around like you have no backbone. Once this president allowed himself to be disrespected, and it's not so much he allowed the disrespect. He put up with the disrespect. Just as the man heckled him in the Rose Garden, and instead of stopping the procedure and having him removed and having him lifetime blocked as long as he's president, 
you can retaliate. You can respond with sternness, with firmness. Whenever Bush was questioned, attacked, he responded by denying them access. Eric Holder could do the same thing. And when I said the same Well, one of the things that I didn't play, because we played it so much at at the time that it happened, when Eric Holder made his speech uh, one year into the administration at the NAACP annual convention, and he talked about a nation of cowards. Okay. Uh, That's fine. That's fine and good that he talked about a nation of cowards, because he represents and he epitomizes the prime example of a coward. And here's what I'm talking about. His, the, the biggest advocate for these right-wingers is Fox News. Fox News is owned by Rupert and James Murdoch. And they have all but confessed to bribing uh, law enforcement officials and politicians in a foreign land. That is a felony here. So why not indict him? And on the basis of that indictment, seek from the FCC to, uh, I would say, revoke his multimedia ownership, revoke his license, his FCC license, and leave Fox where Fox is going to be. Instead, he, he withers and cowers, and you can be a water. Okay, what if he had? What if he does that, and he's successful in getting the FCC licenses pulled because the FCC simply says you must be a person of character in order to hold the FCC license. You must also be a person of with credibility. The indictment of Eric Holder and James, I mean, Eric, I mean, Rupert Murdoch and James Murdoch by Eric Holder because they have all but confessed to bribing and committing a felony. They are hacking here in the United States. Why do you think Canada doesn't allow Fox News, Rupert Murdoch News Corp in their country? Because they destroy journalism, they destroy. Uh, a certain civility and rule of honesty. Now, you can say how corrupt media is or how corrupt media has been and how they've been the voice, the mouthpiece for government, but when you get right down to it, this is what you have. You have a Fox News that has turned the sky green and the grass purple. You have a Fox News that has their own little world of denial. I heard one of the uh, new shows on MSNBC, and S.E. Cup, one of the uh, Republican mouthpieces, said that the Fortune magazine article had been debunked. And Torrey and all of those, uh, uh, was Crystal Ball, and they just sat there and they looked at it, and somebody said, debunked by who? And she kept talking and talked through it, and nobody followed up. The only thing you heard was that story has been thoroughly debunked. And I want to know by who. No one has debunked that story. But you, what you see is the, the NRA putting up this, this, uh, this, this straw uh, conspiracy theory because... Well, 
it's the gun laws are weak in Arizona. What people are dismissing is that this issue is a fundraising issue for the Republicans. And, you know, my question, Alpha, is, damn, how much money can they have for a campaign? Look, the left will never match their, their money. The left will never match the money of the billionaires and the corporations. The mere fact that Obama's asking his donors for more money is, is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. He will be outspent two to one, two billion to one billion. He may be outspent three billion to one. So this is nothing new. But not only is he going to be outspent, he's being outmessaged. Because you saw when they walked out on the Eric Holder uh, contempt, they all gathered on the steps. And, they, and it was powerful because they were all there together and they were chanting shame. Then they all went home. And the next day you saw nothing of them. I don't care if it's a Friday. I don't care if it was a Saturday. They should have been in front of a camera today, yesterday. They should have flooded the Sunday programs. And if you couldn't get on a Sunday program, hold a news conference. Republicans face stupid and outrageous things constantly. One thing... Alpha is that I think that people of goodwill, especially black people, don't understand that what this 2012 presidential election is all about is it is a war for states' rights. We are refighting the Civil War. Exactly, exactly. And black people won't vote. In Detroit, look at what they've done to the people in Detroit. They've basically nullified half the black vote with this martial law plan and these uh, uh, municipality managers as they starve the municipality of fund of state funds because the federal funds have dried up. So now they step in with their managers and nullify the elected officials that black people have voted for. And it's only going down in counties with 89, 75, 60% blacks. Mm-hmm. Their votes are no good anymore. Look at what they're doing in D.C. They have no representation, but they have plenty of taxation. Mm-hmm. Those are black people. Those are The city is what, 62%, 68%? But yet they have moved to nullify their vote. Look at the voter suppression. And you might think that Eric Holder is somehow... Fighting voter suppression, he's fighting it with a feather. He's fighting it with a feather. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, here's the battle. It's a battle between those who think corporations and billionaires who use our infrastructure to get rich should pay little or no taxes and those who think corporations and billionaires should pay their fair share. It's a battle between those who want to deregulate as much as possible and those who want to keep our air, our water, and food safe and clean. And it's a battle between those who want to drive down wages and those that want to see wages go up. And these battles are never ending. But baseline, Alpha, is the notion of the Republicans have latched themselves to a Confederate style of government 
and too strongly to be able to pull away. And we will remain a divided nation until we finally fail and break apart, which will likely happen within the next 50 to 100 years. That's my projection, because it's not going to stop. It, I think it's ironic that Abraham Lincoln, who was a Republican, is most famous for preserving the Union, while these modern-day Republicans and their Tea Party and their uh, right-wing evangelistic crazy nutcases are anti-Union and pro-state rights. And there is no solution to the issues that divide us. I think we need a two-state solution and should break into two countries. Now, what do you think about that? Perhaps Lincoln should have let the South go. Or maybe Lincoln, after the Civil War, should have executed all of those who fought against him. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, that I, olive branch, I, maybe I, I there's wanna... another olive branch, please like me, scenario that has blown up in our faces a hundred and something years, 150 years later. Maybe that's the case. And maybe yep. we, we can actually find in, in a position of, hey, exactly what are we going to do? Well, we... one of the things that you've brought up is you, you have brought me to uh, something that I wanted to cover tonight, and that is the whole notion of whether or not black people ought to be on a health alert. that we need to be thinking about what our disability is and why it exists and whether we know it exists, whether or not we understand that standing above the precipice are our children and our grandchildren. And we are working on the worst kind of deficit, and that is a deficit of the spirit. And if you if you want to ask me, ask me, Alpha, ask me, what I think that deficit is all about, it is, ask me, Alpha, you're on the line. Well, let me put it in, the deficit itself, this is, they don't give a damn about a deficit. Only when... Uh, Democrats I'm are, talking about black people's deficit. The black people's deficit. Our inability to engage in our own communities and look at our problems solidly and not look around and think it has to do with whatever we are preoccupied the about. Black, the, the black people who know. Watch it now, Alpha. Watch it. I don't watch it. I just call it like that. Gingerly. The black people who know and the black people who understand are at a very small minority to the ignorant and uneducated black people who simply don't give a damn, those who won't seriously raise their children, those who won't seriously watch uh, other things other than reality TV and simply won't engage. They are in the majority in our community, and it's from a lack of education. It's because of a miseducation. It of- is a symptom. Now, uh, l- let me 
Alpha, can you can you stay over with me for a minute because I think you're getting it, and I want everybody who uh, in the or in our audience to get it. Anos, anos, anosognosia, anosognosia is a condition in which a person who suffers disability due to brain injury seems unaware of or denies the existence of their handicap. And there is a growing body of evidence which points to the fact that for many people with serious mental illness, lack of insight is a medically-based condition. Now, uh, some of you will think that this is an illogical and even a bizarre explanation uh, for symptoms and life circumstances stemming from illness. But there, I, I, there is a medical condition which has been certified by the American Medical Association called anosognosia, meaning awareness of unawareness of illness. And so I'm taking it to another point where I'm asking the question that collectively, whether or not we don't understand the injuries that we have suffered in the context of how we have to live our lives. Well, Tanner, Anno... Okay, okay, that's just a concept. I'm okay. not suggesting that all black people have mental illness. I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. that there are people in our community who understand why our children, I mean, and you live in the black people kill black people capital. Well, I'm going to tell you like this. Here's the first problem. A lot of people can't even pronounce the word, let alone uh, <laughs> handle or embrace the definition of what you, of what you say. But, but I think, Alpha, what I'm getting at is that we have to, when we start identifying and framing and, and, and bringing construct to why black people don't vote, why black people are not out in the street mad as hell and resisting and organizing and agitating, in huge numbers. I mean, I look at what happened to Eric Holder this this week. I look at that in the same way if when Martin Luther King was being arrested, when Martin Luther King was being assassinated. Because when they come after President Obama, when they come after a U.S. attorney, the, the, the first black U.S. Attorney General, when they come after the first African-American president in the history of this country, when they dismiss, marginalize, underestimate, and minimize the Black Caucus, the NAACP, the Urban League, and everybody else that tries to step up to the interests of black people, they're talking to you and me too. Well, Janet. Me. And I, I can't understand why 
we are not in front of the Department of Justice, why we're not in front of the the, the uh, White House, why we're not in front of wherever. We are, one of your favorite words, Alpha, we are capitulating to this system that seeks to destroy us and whatever ashes are left to make them invisible. Listen to this for a minute. Anosognosia. Anosognosia is exactly what I think he had. I believe that my son, Chris, over the course of repeated breakdowns, lost his capacity to understand his illness. So um, he went off his meds, and that's when we lost him for good. He never took meds again. He ultimately um, chose to take his life rather than take medication. People with anosognosia. So you get my gist? We've gone off our meds. I understand. Because we but, don't understand how sick we are. Well, what? Not only don't we understand how sick we are, but you have to break it down. You have to explain it as though everyone. Wait a is- minute, Alpha. We got more. I, 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 okay, let me let let's try to break it down. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. You're listening to our common ground. How much more can you break it down than to know that we have more black men, young black men going to prison than we have graduating from college? If you break it down with something other than uh anosognosia. You see, when you when you say that, and people can't even repeat it, how can you message to them about what it is? You must. So what you want me to say, Alpha? You want me to say we got we 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 have we have terminal cancer, and we're not getting chemotherapy or radiation treatment. We're not seeing an oncologist. We're not taking, we, we've got pneumonia, and we're not taking uh, antibiotics. We've got um, 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 uh, Crohn's disease, and we don't drink water. What, what, what more? I mean, is the word getting in the way? The word is not only getting in the way, it's simple, post-traumatic slave syndrome. If you, can, if you can express it in very simple terms because you are dealing with a people of miseducation, you, you know, it's, we have a great deal of people well, let who me are very down smart, for you. who have let come me... through the uh, public school system, the private school system, and there's enough of them that are smart enough to understand what you're talking about. But okay. they are still in the minority, and as long as the majority of the people remain ignorant and disconnected and unresponsive to words such as anosognosia, people of, of uh, means and people of education understand that. And when, I, when you speak about the entire culture of African-Americans, 
Look at what you have. Why do you think I'm sitting here, in the, like you say, I'm sitting here in the murder capital with black folks shooting black folks. And they are in the majority. You have so many people who say who who will shake their head and, you know, put their hand their head in their hand and go, what are these fools doing? And they understand, but the people who are invested in this lifestyle are in the majority. What I'm trying to do, Alpha, what I'm trying to do here is to take an illness and the uh, make, I'm trying to parallel, you know, because one of the things they say about this is people who have this disease is that people come up with illogical and even bizarre explanations for the symptoms and life circumstances stemming from the illness. Let's let one of the spoken word, one of my favorite spoken word uh, artists, Break it down for us, Alpha. Hold on. Africans of the diaspora are dealing with an epidemic. I am not talking about being physically sick. I am talking about a mental tick, one which is defined by an unawareness of a deficit. Psychologists diagnose this unawareness as anosognosia, as the result of long-term transgenerational post-traumatic slave syndrome exposure. Black-on-black crime, a deficit unseen Unseen due to anosognosia. Little black boys and girls having children before their time, a deficit unseen due to anosognosia. 400,000 babies aborted in our community each year, a deficit deficit. unseen due to anosognosia. Elders thrown in nursing homes instead of being kept near, a deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Women who feel uncomfortable to demand their due respect. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Blacks who feel that unity with the Africans of the diaspora is a noose around their neck. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Women for aesthetic justifications deny their newborns their breasts. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Little black girls that only want white dolls. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. People who are behind on their bills but spend hundreds of dollars at the mall. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Men who don't feel guilty about being a deadbeat dad. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Blacks who hear the word nigger and don't get mad. A deficit deficit. unseen due to anosognosia. Women who refer to themselves as the baddest bitch. A A deficit deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Those who voted for Bush based on his moral pitch. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. People who say color does not matter. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Those who believe our situation is getting better instead of sadder. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. The oppressed worshiping their oppressors. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Tolerance for men who are child molesters. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Fair-skinned people who hold their ancestors' rapists as a prize. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Individuals who find it easier to live with a veil over their eyes. A deficit unseen due to anosognosia. Anosognosia. Africans of the diaspora are dealing with an epidemic. I am not talking about being physically sick. I am talking about a mental tick, one which is defined by an unawareness of a deficit. Psychologists diagnose this unawareness as anosognosia. Anosognosia. It's a result of long-term transgenerational post-traumatic slave syndrome syndrome exposure. exposure. It says, I am not talking about being physically sick. I am talking about a mental tick, 
one which is defined by an unaware, unawareness of a deficit. Psychologists diagnose this unawareness as anexognosia, the result of long-term transgenerational post-traumatic slave syndrome exposure. Is that breaking it down for you uh, enough, Alpha? Dennis, it has no... You... Are you? Are you? No, 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 no. I'm simply saying I didn't. I wanted to. I wanted to frame this in a in a proper narrative. You don't have to break it down for me. The people who need to have it broken down for them aren't listening. They're outside. This is a hot summer day. These people are outside getting a drink. On. (laughs) You know, you will call it libation. They call it drink. Okay, they're getting their they're getting their freak on. They're they're out chasing skirts. They are the in the majority because the others are simply hiding from them. And as as long as we continue with this, um, you're not talking over their heads. You're not trying to talk over their heads because they aren't listening. And those of us who are listening understand exactly what you're saying. Well, the thing is, as James Baldwin would say, that if you do not step up to the things that need changing, then change will never come. And I think that one of the things that we need to do as an activist is to understand that some very important people in this country, in our community, are in denial. They do not understand. They do not have an unawareness of what is happening to us as a people. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. And just to, just to, Janice, just to, don't get me wrong. You, well, you know, anesthesia is is the correct term. It's the proper term. I'm simply well, you know, one of the things that Nzinga, by the way, uh, who is the artist that wrote and performed this, is that she changed the spelling of the word so that we don't get confused that we are saying that we have some psychiatric, that that every we have to be very careful. And some people who responded to my notice about this program tonight um, that we have to be very careful about how we assign terms. But see, I don't get that detail. I know that 48% of the children who graduate from Boston Public High Schools have a fifth grade reading level when they do. I know that as witnesses, and India Declare, who is host of IDeclareMedia.com, and you should join her on her broadcast on Friday nights, midnight, right following the Alpha show, understands that we are seeing symptoms for which people, I mean, I'll give you a good example. A good example, Alpha, is that the NAACP invites Mitt Romney, to speak 
at their annual convention this summer. <laughs> That's you a know, good example. When I An heard unawareness that. of how broken we are as a people. So, Alpha, I got another call on the board. Um, and I'm going to put you on hold and take this call, and maybe you can help help me some more. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'm listening for you at 347-9852. And we're talking about our unawareness, our state of total dis- denial, our state of unawareness that renders or us to make a whole bunch of excuses about what's going on in the constructive destruction of the black community. 818, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Namaste to you guys. I love you. Thank you for what you're doing. I love you too, my sister, for calling. You got it. Hey, I just have a question. Um, this This concerns me. Why... Do we not get ends the way you're breaking up? Why do we not what? Wow, we lost the call. Are you still there? Maybe she'll call back. She had a question. And for those of you who do not know, she greeted us with the word namaste. Um, And namaste means I greet you in the highest, form as I take you in in the highest form. Let's see if she's back. 818, you're back on the air? Nope, we didn't get her. I hope that she'll call back our number, 347-838-9852. And she was greeting us, acknowledging that we are the highest form. Alpha, you're back. Um, I've opened up your mic again. But I know that you get it. But I'm wondering if people like... Alpha, are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. Were you watching a game or something? No, no, I don't no. Hear, I don't hear you listening. Are you, the fight is over. Uh, no, no, I am. I'm, I'm fully in, engaged here. You know, Janice... When you speak about them inviting Mitt Romney to the, <laughs> come on, what is it that he's going to say? What 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 could he possibly? What kind of light could he possibly share? This is a, they are simply offering him a platform for bovine. That's all that is. You're offering him a platform to put out this this bucket list of. BS. Yeah. I mean, we and, need and to ask him about the tons of U.S. No guns getting into it. Ask the, ask the Republicans about the tons of U.S. guns getting into Mexico and getting into our country. Ask them about accountability for George Bush and Dickford Cheney. Well, when you get right down to it, what you hear most of them say, and this is how they dismiss it, very casually and very uh, sly. Oh, I wasn't for Bush anyway. But all of them voted for him. All of these libertarians you see running around here, oh, I didn't approve of what Bush did. You're a lie. You voted for the man. And just as they hold our feet to supporting Obama, 
because he hasn't been the uh, he's been a disappointment to some. And people, you know, this, this this you know, you hear people say, well, he continued the Patriot Act. Is that the same Patriot Act that Bush introduced? Is that the same Patriot Act that passed with a veto-proof majority? But it's Obama. Oh, he didn't close Guantanamo. He wrote the executive order, but they defunded it and wouldn't fund it. He couldn't close it. But these are the same people who will stand around and say, he's done nothing for black people, and look at the money he's getting from Goldman Sachs. This is the agnosognia. See? See? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to explain. You must simplify this message, and you must use it at the simplest terms because those who don't have the ability to absorb new information are in the majority, and yeah, they but won't. How, how, you it. know, uh, uh, how, how much simpler can, get, can it get? is I am not talking about being physically sick. I am talking about a mental tick. Black-on-black crime, a deficit unseen due to anisognosia. Little black boys and girls having children before their time, a deficit unseen due to anisognosia. 400,000 babies aborted in our community each year, a deficit unseen due to anisognosia, elders thrown in nursing homes instead of being kept near, women who feel uncomfortable to demand their due respect, blacks who feel routine that Africans of the diaspora is a noose around their neck. Women for aesthetic justifications deny their newborns their breasts. Little black girls that only want a white doll. People who are behind on their bills but spend hundreds of dollars at the mall. Men who don't feel guilty about being a deadbeat dad. Blacks who hear the word nigger and don't get mad. Women who refer to themselves as the baddest bitch. Those who voted for Bush based on his moral pitch. People say color does not matter. Those who believe our situation is getting better instead of sadder. The oppressed worshiping their oppressors. Tolerance for men who are child molesters. Fair-skinned people who hold their ancestors' rapists as a prize. Individuals who find it easier to live with a veil over their eyes. Africans of the diaspora are dealing with an epidemic. I'm not talking about being physically sick. I'm talking about a mental tick, once which is defined by an awareness of a deficit. Psychologists diagnosis unawareness as anisognosia. The result of long-term, transgenerational, post-traumatic slave syndrome exposure. That's simple. And that word was what? Anisognosia. Exactly. And in, and when she first started out and said that word, anisognosia, she turned around and said post-traumatic slave syndrome. 
That's right. That brings it down to more of a simpler term. All of that that you just repeated, I have no problem with. I agree with you wholeheartedly. What I am simply saying to you is that the message must be simple. The message must be constant and repeated. I know you got very f- a few minutes left, Janice. Thank Alpha, you for thank you for your call. I really, you know, I I love to draw it with you. I really do. That's Alpha of the Alpha Show, which can be heard on our sister network, TruthWorks Network, on Friday nights, 10 p.m. And he brings it clear and bold. We want to uh, really do thank all of our people. Um, in our chat room, India Declare of I Declare uh, Media dot com and dot Don out there in Oklahoma. But one of the things we have to bring all of this together and really understand that there is a construct that for many years has been created around our people. It has affected our children. It has affected our future. And it is embedded in our history. So when we start, you know, it's real easy for us to, to lambast um, young women who are having babies out of wedlock without the economic resources. It's really easy to lambast young black boys who are swaggering i who are wearing their belts below their below their butt it's easy to to for us to say to our children that we've got to be and do better but if we don't understand what that means if we're not willing to stand in the mouth of the lion to scream those messages if we're not to willing to take on, speak truth to power, to resist in a way that gives us results, then most of it is for naught. We want to thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. We're here every uh, Saturday night at 10 p.m. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for your call, Alpha. Thanks for 818's call. We hope that you'll call us next week and you won't have a breakup. Have a good week and don't forget, read, read, read. Rise up, black men. I said, rise up, black men. Rise like the rush of a million men marching up mountains to obtain their mental manumission. Let African pride be your ammunition and let's engage in sedition if we must. Because it's up to us to uplift our nation from the dust of dreadful damnation. Rise up, black men. I said, rise up, black men. Rise up like a million men marching against the tide of societal injustice. Rise like a Nubian phoenix, turning that anger that burns incessantly on your inside into a torch that you take to toss on to the next generation so that they can take that flame and frame a resilient picture of our future. 
Rise up, black men. Rise to the occasion. Show the world how black men are still in the households and not all in jail. Still pursuing their education and proudly paying tuition, not bail. And you, you bold black men on lockdown must show the world that you got your head up with your eyes on the prize because that prison cell you're in just could be a blessing in the sky. See, even in the prison where we live like slaves, black men, you have the power to break those chains or handcuffs and collectively call everyone's bluff because we got too many fakers out there fronting like they're down with the cars. But behind the scenes, they're pulling you down of those crab cars. Be it through legislation, corrupted investigations, or trials with inadequate legal representation. So I say rise up, black men. Rise up and show the world that we're taking command of our destiny. And bow out loud that I will never let them get the best of me. Because God is calling on us to do our best to see a brighter day. So will you rise up me, black men? Will we collectively take a stand until we win what is rightfully ours? Because there aren't enough hours in the day for play. To be a real black man, it's that ignorant, afraid of freedom mentality we must play. So take a deep look into your eyes and realize it's time to rise. Just rise up, brother man, and take a stand. Rise up, black man. I said rise up, black man. Rise up. Just rise up. Rise up. Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. For all of you that have joined us in our chat room, we thank you as well. I'm Janice Grant. Join us each Saturday at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. If I love France, 